0: Class is
1: in session, your most unconventional class. She talks all things, all subjects. It's the Interdisciplinary Podcast, hosted by your favorite doctor. This is What's the Say with Dr. Kim Ray.
0: Welcome back to the show. I hope everyone is having a phenomenal hump day or week. It's season two, guys. Episode two. We've already had one season. We took a break and we're we're happy to be back. And so we're moving in full swing now. We're in episode two. And today we're gonna be talking about an industry that is very near and dear to my heart. It was my first adult career. I mean as you guys know I was a kid actor and kid modeling things. So but this was my first real like career. It's the hotel and tourism industry. And apparently, you know This is an industry that is also near and dear to your heart as well in your home. Let me tell you a set of data that I have for you some numbers 1.6 trillion towards economic output goes to supporting the U.S. travel and tourism industry. 1.6 trillion dollars economic output. Wow. And that also equates to 7.8 million U.S. jobs. Can you believe this one industry puts that much impact on our families and our lives? That's how important and valuable this industry is that we're going to be talking about today to you. But first, if you have not already done so, what are you waiting for? <laughs> That's my uh, interpretation of, what's that movie I saw back in the, I think it's, us. Uh, I know what you did last summer. (laughs) What are you waiting for? It's time. So click that subscribe button and hit your notification bell for your weekly reminders of of whatever we have going on this week. (laughs) But it's episode two, guys, and we are talking about the state of the U.S. hotel industry. And now I would like to welcome my very special guest, Sean Grinley. How you doing? For old time's sake, let's pound that screen right quick. Pound it.
1: Pound it.
0: <laughs> so, Man, you're used, taking me back. I'm taking you way back. <laughs> me, me and Sean used to do that every time we would see each other in, in the hallways or on the on the yard of the University of Central Florida. Go nights, right? That's right. Go yeah. nights.
1: We, I mean, we who went. would have thought, you know, when we were going to college at UCF, we were doing the pound it, but now that's universal now, right? That we're doing the fist universal. box.
0: Universal. Now that
1: we live, we're living in the COVID world, people used to shaking hands. But now we're. <laughs>
0: That's crazy, right? We were ahead of the curve. That because we were cool like that. We were just cool like that. So cool. (laughs) I know you could not tell us anything, and you still can, I guess. But you know, I had to do the pounding because that's how we used to roll at UCF. The Rosen College of Hospitality Management is where we attended undergrad together. And you know, Sean, you continued your career throughout the years. Although I've transitioned mine, I still. Teach in. I have a professorship in that program at different colleges, so I still am in the game. I know what's going on a little bit, but I wanted to bring you on to share with us what's really happening in our in our industry right now. I know Sean, you you continue to work in the hotel industry. You worked at the Gaylord Hotels and Hilton Worldwide and Marriott International, but you're also certified in hotel industry analytics. And you're certified in advanced hospitality and tourism analytics, right? That's, 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 you're you're, you're making boss moves in the industry. Let me tell you, because now Sean has moved from working at these specific hotel properties. Now Sean is working as a senior account manager at the STR. STR stands for Smith Travel Research Incorporated. So tell us, Sean, what, what is... I kind of know what Smith Travel Research does, but I want my subscribers to hear it from you. What is this, how impactful is this organization to their experiences? What, what does STR do?
1: So we were formerly known as Smith Travel Research. So we, we did, uh, you know, it's STR, and now we're owned by CoStar Group. Okay. It's a publicly traded company. They acquired STR last fall. Uh, yes. str is focused on hospitality analytics. Let's just say I owned a hotel, mm-hmm. you own a hotel, mm-hmm. and three of our friends owned a hotel, and we're all competing for the same customer. Yes. But we really didn't have insights on how everybody's performing. Yeah, maybe we can go meet at the local watering spot and say, yeah, I'm doing good. You know, but we really didn't have that, the, the true analytics behind it. Um, so the Randy Smith, the founder of STR, came up with the the SIG travel accommodation report, the SPELL report. Essentially what it is, it's a report that shows how your hotel is doing against the aggregate Uh of those competitors that you select. So in the U.S. alone, uh, we have 75% of all the U.S. hotels, every major brand, submitting their data directly to STR. So we have Phenomenal data. Wow. Phenomenal
0: 75% of U.S. hotels have submitted right. data to your organization, STR.
1: Absolutely. So wow. we have relationships with all the majors. Hyatt, like And then, of course, you know, uh, independent properties as well, without the brand affiliation. Uh, There's submitting their data to us. And from there, we can actually take the individual data in, Yes. And be able to present back out on how the industry is doing. So you could talk about how cool the U.S. is doing, how the respective markets like Orlando and or Miami, how, how are they performing? So There's a lot of cool things that you can do when you slice and dice the data.
0: Okay, let's talk about this current state that we're in, in the United States and the globe, the world, the planet. So generally speaking, hotels need between 40 to 50 percent occupancy to break even, right, day to day. We're talking about these hotels that are now experiencing what the industry has dubbed COVID hotbeds, COVID hotbeds. So, you know, we used to say, Sean, when we were in our program at UCF, I'll never forget it because it was one of those things that we, the concepts or the phrases that we learned. And one of the phrases that we learned was that we have to keep heads in beds. We have to sell the, we have to put heads in beds to make money. Right. And so that would mean more than 40 to 50% occupancy for us to make money. You know, I just find that that term that is now dubbed COVID hotbeds because We've got these locations where, you know, things are a little bit more tense with COVID-19. And we'll get into that, but I really want to know what is going on? What's really good on our land of hotels with COVID in the air? You know, I mean, leisure and extended stay, where, what's happening in the the hotel industry, you know, the performance, that part of it.
1: Just to kind of give some framework or some uh, context for several years, Uh, The hotel industry has been performing at record peak levels, so all-time high occupancies. So hotels were very, very profitable. Uh, Things were doing good. Take us all the way through March of 2020. We were performing very well. And then we get word of the coronavirus, COVID-19, and then it gets classified as a pandemic. That's when we really started to see the shift. And then when the United States started to put down their lockdown measures, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, stay at home orders. Yeah. You know, really close down the country. You know, mm-hmm. it, it varies by you know state and respective areas. That's yeah. when we really saw the 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 deepest impact of what the coronavirus did uh, to the US recovery street. It's really the week the of April eleventh, twenty twenty was the trough, And since that point it's been a slow, uh slow road to recovery. So it's been uh, as the lockdown down efforts started to, you know, to, to loosen you when know, you got into the summer months where people started taking their family vacations, although being very different on how they take those vacations, yeah, you know, leading us to where we are now, just, you know, we're continuing to recover, you know, mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll touch on, you know, what's STR's outlook for the industry and forecast, but, you know, we do have a long way to go, you know, there is, a lot of hotel closures that came about to um, like, you
0: know COVID. Man, I can imagine, and I can imagine that it's still going to happen because the thing about mm-hmm. hotels is you still have you still have overhead, you still have tax, property taxes. You know, you, it's not a matter of just okay, we're going to put this on pause. It, it, there's still a lot to be paid, and sometimes there's mortgage, you know, on on the property. So it's. That's that's it's a unique situation for sure. And it, it's a tragic situation for the industry, you know, for some that especially those that aren't the, the big names that maybe might be able to survive. But you know what? The leisure and extended stay segments, those are, interestingly enough, surviving. Tell us a little bit about that. How is that possible and why? Because I know, like I said earlier, the business traveler is is pretty much shot is down the drain a little bit right now until we can we can go back to work. Right now we're working remotely, you know, you're working remotely too. So you know, tell us a little bit about why those two particular segments are surviving.
1: Sure. This is unlike any other downturn that we've had, right? You know, so the the root cause of the of this downturn is public safety, right? The coronavirus causing public safety concerns. Um now, with this recovery, you talked about who's not doing so well, but group business, right? So, generally, group business would be in your higher end hotels,
0: yes, your luxury, luxury,
1: and up or upscale type properties. So, when you see a full service Marriott, you think that that's the type of property that would have needed space to be able to accommodate, yeah,
0: uh, yes.
1: that's the hardest segment because now we have the concerns about public safety and large gatherings, but yeah. in terms of Transient uh, or leisure travelers. Uh, leisure travelers were the first to bring us out of our last downturns, right? So they were the first that come back and travel. Once we had that lockdown in the United States, people really wanted to, to get out. Mm-hmm. So people were taking their vacations, but they were taking them at in different locations. What you're,
0: yeah, vacation.
1: exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you know, we found a trend.
0: That's what and, I've been doing every weekend. Oh, excuse me, every month. <laughs> Not every weekend. Every month, once a month, I've been a staycation.
1: I like the whole every weekend idea. <laughs> <my favorite>.
0: Party! <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. You know, this vacations look a little bit different, you know, so we, we started seeing that more people are taking uh, yeah, trips closer to home, you know, yeah. staying in certain areas. They wouldn't normally, you know, go and travel too. Yeah. Uh, so we see that shift, but they're avoiding the large uh, populated the major metro markets. Yes. You know, as we talked about Miami being a hotbed, maybe they're not taking their beach vacation there, but maybe going to another area with these best cases. of we You when know, we see the ship a lot of vacations they went out west. You know, so we see an increase, you know, in national parks taking that type of vacation this year, or vacations within driving distance where they don't have to fly to um, those locations. So you know as we feel more comfortable to meet and gather. Yeah, maybe it's a vaccine and some sort of solution where we feel you know confident that we're not exposed to the, the impact of the coronavirus, you know, then you can have a return of the full return of the group business. But right now it's been essentially non existent on the, the group side, just you know, the extra uh, amount of people gathering and people feeling comfortable with that.
0: Yeah, yeah. These weddings and, and things have all been postponed till 2021 or until to be determined. You know, that was the space that I was in. I was an event planner and hotels and catering, and yeah. that was the uh, heavy revenue driver. Of course, sleeping rooms are always a heavy revenue driver for a hotel, right? You want heads in beds. But th- those events, especially weddings and, and those big gathering conferences, it, they were a big draw your, to your food and beverage revenue and what kept you thriving. So yeah, it's been tough. But so what are some of the trends that you would say, Sean, you see reshaping the industry? What are you seeing from the SDR research? Well, I hate to say SDR research, because the R stands for research. (laughs) From the SDR uh, data, (laughs) what are you seeing there as far as the trends?
1: Sure. It's it's a total shift, you know, because we were Generally, the way the occupancy falls in absolute occupancy levels, which is how full your hotel is, on the higher end, you know, luxury, upper upscale, and as you go down to economy, you know, so the higher end has a higher occupancy than as you move down. Uh, but now when we're in a, a recession, uh, we're seeing the inverse. The lowest uh, rates of occupancy are in the higher-end hotels, and then it's the mid-scale economy especially some of the lower uh, extended state uh, type brands.
0: So I don't want to interrupt you there, but I'm just curious because Mm -hmm. that, it really baffles me and it might baffle some of you guys out there when you're thinking about where to stay, you know, because you're, and we're not, we're not, we don't want you to not go to a full-service hotel, or if you if that's your hotel of choice, then by all means, Ritz-Carlton it out. But we're trying to get, I want to get to the bottom of understanding how these extensive stay hotels, is it that that they have this better occupancy rate? Is it that they don't have as many sleeping rooms to cover, that their numbers look better, but they're not, in essence you know, you're not comparing apples to apples in that sense. And, and I know STR does compare apples to apples, but in this right. case, I'm just trying to understand how, why, I mean, if I prefer a, a full service Marriott or a Ritz Carlton or a um, Waldorf, then that's where I would want to go regardless of anything. If I'm traveling, I want to stay where I have my points and my loyalty and, and, and so forth. So what, what would you say to that?
1: Yeah, no, it's a, it's a really good question. So, really, there's a difference between needs and wants, right? So, there's in terms of people going on vacation, that's a different type of traveler than somebody that uh, would generally stay in extended stay. So, extended stay is much more insulated to changes in the economy. Uh, extended stay, examples of that, some people actually live out of extended stay property. So, their occupancies are going to be higher relative to the up-rent. Sure. Because people are actually living It's always steady. Earth. It's, it's always much. steady. Yeah, and that's really the darling segment of the industry right now because I see how consistent extended state-type properties are. Okay. Um, or let's just say you have a hurricane. You have displaced residents that then move into extended state-type properties that have those amenities because essentially they're not just staying one or two nights at a nice hotel. They're yeah. staying at a property where they have their you know, a full kitchen. Kitchen, yeah right? You know, so they have the, the living necessities. Yeah. Um, or maybe you're having construction projects that aren't being impacted yeah. by the coronavirus. Those people are staying in those hotels for a, a longer period of time. So I see uh, the shift is completely different. So when the faucet of, hey, maybe I don't take my trip to that big Ritz Carlton, you know, and see by their pool because I don't want to jump on a plane and travel. It's going to be yeah. different than hey, I have to be on this work assignment because I'm an insurance adjuster and I need to stay yeah, mm-hmm. for the next few months. So mm-hmm. it's just more insulated. To, uh,
0: I see. You know, that makes sense. Days. That makes sense. And I think I cut you off when we were talking about some of the things, practices that are being implemented on these properties to make our travelers and, and people like you and me and our families feel safe to do these leisure traveling, you know, type of experiences. What are some of the things that they're providing to us to make sure that we feel like, okay, it's okay for us to travel and spend our money at, at these locations? What, what are some of those things?
1: Yeah, hotels, you know, it's, it's very critical uh, to make their guests feel safe. And it's been a big uh, adjustment, you know, to the property. So when you enter into most hotels, right, so there's American Hotel and negotiations. Uh, uh-huh. they have the recommendations, I hope. Different things that hotels can do to make their guests feel safe. So one would be wearing a mask in the public areas. list. Uh, so that is a big change. So hotels are having to enforce wearing a mask. Yeah. Uh, you know, we see a shift, an increase of, you know, guests that are actually wanting to do the online check-in. Okay. So they can step into a hotel and limit their interaction with, you know, say the front desk staff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. so there's a shift. So how the, do they, they get the, the keys?
0: Their room keys for something like that. How does the room key work?
1: Yeah, different brands have different things. Different practices, but like the process, you're not standing in front of somebody having a full grown ten-minute conversation Got it. Like, hey. And
0: shields, the pla- like the yeah, like the
1: partition wall. Uh huh. They've glass. been putting
0: those in between the 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 front desk agent and the the traveler and the guest. Anything else that that they're doing that you know of regarding food and beverage and, you know, services? Like when I've been booking my hotels for my staycations, I've been – getting a lot of notifications as far as um, I can check out late, I can check in early. Um, And of course they say if it's available, but those are amenities that you would never have had, you know, if we were flipping rooms like that. So they're a little bit more lenient on certain things, but they also make a note, a special text note that says, hey, some of the amenities that you normally would have, we're not providing those right now.
1: (laughs) Sure. Yeah, there's a shift in housekeeping, right? So as people have this desire... Now, to have less interaction with people, yeah. Um, you know, hotelers can, can change, you know, the verbiage and say, Hey, you know, housekeeping available upon request, as compared to having somebody enter in your space every single day to touch up your room. Yeah, uh, we're seeing a shift in hotels giving the, the guests the option of whether or not they want to have that interaction.
0: Okay, um, so there's a
1: shift in, you know, as you talked about front desk, yeah. having plexiglass in between. Mm-hmm. You know, for the checking in interaction, wearing the mask, going up to the room, whether or not you're wanting service. Mm-hmm. Uh, on yeah. The, the food and beverage side, you know, it's really interesting that the shifts there, like buffets. You know, you've probably been into a, a hotel that offered breakfast. A lot of people are around touching everything. Yeah. You know, there's a, a desire now or a shift to not have that much, you know, cross contamination. So if there yes. is buffets, hotels are now staffing them. So you have an individual that's then scooping the food as an example, as okay having all the individuals touch their own.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: and then as group business recovers, you know, the hotels are having to gap on that side, right? And to adhere to social distancing recommendations. So to mm-hmm. uh, so say you're having a meeting and you have a six foot table, you used to be able to pick up three people at a six foot table, but maybe now if you're doing that same layout, you have, one person at a six foot baby. So now you can see that it's less, you know, your, your space, you know, ratios, um, that changes everything, you know, to mm-hmm. the way you set things up to make sure that people have enough room uh, to adhere to social distancing. So it's, it's a total game changer and hoteliers are really stepping up and yeah. uh, changing their, their services you know, what they're offering and how yeah. they're offering. Yeah, they invested safe. a
0: lot in those changes. There was some money invested in these hotels for them to create this. All businesses that have opened yeah. up have had to do a lot of investing based on the social distancing stuff, and the, and we're all losing, you know, in a sense. You know, I want to ask you then, based on that, we're talking about all of the changes and what do we expect? What can we expect the industry to be like. And and you know what? Forecasting for a weatherman is they have the easiest job, man. They can they can be so wrong and then they still keep their job. I've never seen somebody have the most wrong information (laughs) and they still have a job. So when I say forecasting, we're not giving you fake information. This is the real deal right here. This is data driven. So I want I want Sean to share with us. Sean my friend of many years from the University of Central Florida, graduate with me, a hospitality program, Rosen College. He is here with us today. He is a senior account manager from STR, that is the Smith Travel Research Incorporated. And I want to ask him, what, what should we be thinking? What should we be expecting in the future for this industry and for traveling? Those of us that love to travel, we want to know, what can we expect?
1: That's a really great questions. I I think what people expect when they travel, I think people can expect a different type of experience now, right? So an experience that can make you feel safe. And I can tell you that hoteliers are up to the challenge of making their guests feel comfortable and stay safe. You know, yeah. You know, we're talking about hotels, but you know, also the airline industry and what we are doing about Southwest Airlines saying, hey, we're going to keep the middle seat open until X date. You know, the, the, the cleanliness in between the flights, um, you know, we're increasing the cleanliness in the respective hotels, too. So there, there's, you know, really it's just making people feel comfortable when traveling. And I feel like as an industry that we're adapting to that and we're, you know, giving out that message that the brands are, the large brands and Marriott's and Hiltons the Hyatt's. you know, we're really stepping up, leading that charge, communicating, hey, this is mm-hmm. what we're doing to make you feel same. yeah and, um, do, is,
0: do we have any idea sean though do we have any like fathomable idea and in this case we can be wrong because we're guessing but we're using the data to to guess here but do we have any like a, a, idea of when we're thinking that some of the revenue ru- the, will come back to normalcy
1: it's a million dollar question. Um, <laughs> there's a reason why we revise our forecast every quarter. Right? Uh-huh. The, you know, the, the, the data is always changing. So, sure. you know, if, if you speak to most industry analysts, kind of what we're targeting right now for recovery or full recovery would be the talent of 2023, maybe 2024 to get back to 2019 levels. Yes. Uh, Red Repar, you know, that's the industry as a whole. But a lot, a lot can happen. I mean, to say we're done filming, you know, what's to say with Dr. Kim Ray, and they announce a vaccine, right? Could that change the outlook of the industry or how quickly we rebound? It? it certainly would, it would certainly change some things. Yeah. You know, but then it just goes into a whole nother argument, you uh, know, all right, you know, now that we have a vaccine, how long is it going to take to bring it to production? You know, there's a growing group of, you know, people that do not want to be vaccinated. Right. How would vaccinated people feel? Right. Are, you know, unvaccinated people. So that's only one part of the equation. But, sure. you know, at STR, you know, we partner with a company called Forge and Economics. We put all these economic indicators, you know, beyond just how the hotel, you know, supply, demand, revenue is doing. they look at GDP. You know, okay. domestic product. they look at inbound traveling. Mm-hmm. Right. So you know, visitation from other countries. Look at all these different factors and they you know, put into the forecast together. So you know, really when we're looking in a crystal ball, you know, we're we're several years out uh from a full recovery and you know so it's really difficult to say, but, you know, what SDR is forecasting. Or That's fair. That we're saying in several years.
0: Absolutely. That's fair. And I like how you put that. So I want to ask you, Sean, before I let you go, friend, it's really sad to see you go. I've enjoyed our conversation. Final thoughts to my subscribers about the hotel industry, whether they are hoteliers or whether they are travelers. Do you have any insight for them?
1: Yeah. You know, final thoughts. I mean, we have a very diverse group of listeners. You know, so uh, one. I just wanted to speak to hoteliers. You know, so if you know, perhaps you're at UCF and you're in the hospitality program, I I would just encourage you to stick with the industry. Mm-hmm. I'm a lifer in terms of hospitality and tourism. You know, that's that's my blood. It's what I what I like to do, and it can be a very rewarding career. Uh, you know, with the change uh, the changes that the industry is going through now. You know, if you're coming out of college, perhaps it's harder to get a job or get the exact job that you're wanting to with different paths that will lead you there. But, you know, keep an open mind, those individuals that can take lemons and make lemonade, you know, the individuals that show grit, you know, doing the different things, learning different things because staffing levels are reduced, you know, at this point. So you're going to be wearing different hats. Yeah. Uh, I just think those individuals that can really stand out and have a, a great career in hospitality and
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: you know i, I certainly enjoy the, the path that i'm on um, yeah to answer those questions about individuals uh, you know I, I do feel that hotels are safe you know we really the, the industry's really band together you know to operate in what the new one is and i can tell you that there's a lot of things that came out of this that i appreciate you know the the less touch the more um uh, Touchless technology, like even in the guest rooms, that you're now maybe you're talking to an Alexa or a Google, you know, yeah. to order your menus without having to touch the, the phone that was installed yeah. in the 1950s, you That's know, right. in the rooms. That's so, right.
0: That's right. Know, there's
1: a, a shift there. And uh, so I just want you to know that the, the industry is changing to, to changing. meet the needs of uh, the customer. And i say that um, you, know, you can feel safe yeah. traveling. We just have to
0: take the proper precautions, you know, and, and, and do business with an organization that is open to making sure that you you and your family are safe.
1: Mm -hmm. I would encourage anybody to, you know, call the hotel and ask, Hey, what measures have you made to feel safe in COVID-19? And then the the hotels would. They should tell you that, you know, there's been several changes
0: made in the last few months. Yeah, excellent, excellent. I just want to piggyback off of what Sean Grinley just said to you. It, this industry is not done. It's one of the largest industries on this planet. And, you know, we have to be mindful that, yeah, we've been hit. We've been hit hard, but there's still life after this and travel for all of my travelers out here, travel has become a very popular thing for millennials. Everyone's going all over the world traveling. And that, that was not something that even happened in my time coming up. Now, I'm seeing it more as as Instagram and things make all of these locations and destinations very attractive. I think it's important that we know, we keep the faith that this is going to, we will overcome this and we still can travel. We still can travel. That's the bottom line. So I thank you so much, Sean. I appreciated this so much, friend. I really, really, really appreciate you. And I appreciate your supervisor or your boss <laughs> for allowing you to come <laughs> on to the way the say with Dr. Kim Ray's show and oh, um, give a shout out, yeah, shout out. <laughs> All right, shout out to my boss, Chad. Yay, thank you, Chad. We appreciate <laughs> you here. So, take care, friend. Peace out.
1: Thank you. Appreciate the opportunity.